this week's Adam Schefter podcast. Training camp is getting closer and closer. And on the eve of training camp, we are going to be joined by the Rams veteran defensive coordinator Wade Phillips, who has been coaching in the NFL since 1976, probably before many people listening to this podcast were even alive. And we're also going to be joined by the Vikings veteran cornerback Terrence Newman, who played for Wade Phillips in Dallas and will be 40 years old this September 4th and still is playing at a high-level cornerback in the NFL. But first, Rams defensive coordinator Wade Phillips. Kobe. Wade, how are you? I'm doing well, yeah. Life in L.A. is treating you all right? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a Hollywood kind of guy anyway, so... (laughs) I figured it's about I figured it's about time to get you on the podcast, right? Look, I was thinking about it this morning and we've actually known each other for twenty five years now. No way. Oh yeah. Way, way. And and, right. and in twenty five years, I don't think you've ever given me a single news story. So I figured, okay, if you're not gonna give me a news story, it's time to get you on the podcast to at least give me some fun material here to work with. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you didn't think about it like that, right? Twenty five years, Wade. No, no, I didn't think about it like that. That goes by fast. It sure does. When you coach in the league for forty one years, that's a long time. You now take over a defense here that has made a number of moves during the off season, adding the likes of Endomic and Sue, Marcus Peters, Akeeb Talib. What does a player to start with like Peters bring to your defense? Well, these 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 guys are all-star players. I mean, they're they're Pro Bowlers, and and uh, and not just one-year Pro Bowlers. You know, they they've been several years. So, uh, you know, you're getting the you're getting number one corners and number one defensive linemen. So, uh, you know that that that's different. Than just picking up a guy or a guy you think can help. I mean, these guys are proven players. What was your reaction upon the acquisition of each of these guys? Well, you know, uh, Les Les Need did a great job of, of you know trading for two of them, and, and of course signing one in free agency. I mean, uh, you know, you always want good players. I mean, that makes you a better coach. So, you know, we uh, I couldn't be more pleased to the, the guys we got. That's for sure. Wait, there were some people. And I think we yeah. did. I think we did more than. That. I mean, I I thought I don't know how everybody thought about it, but I thought we did. Uh, you know, as good or better than anybody in the offseason with those acquisitions. So you get the offseason trophy. Yeah, there you go. Um, it doesn't count for much, but it, <laughs> but it it does. You know, it, it does. It's going to help us. That's for sure. There were people who wondered how strong personalities like Peters and Talib and Sue would fit into the locker room. And Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams, said, "No need to worry because our defensive coordinator has got more swag than any of them." <laughs> that swag at, at your age is still intact, I see. Is it not? Uh, well, it may be. You know, I, I I think I can get it done. I've I've uh, I've been lucky through the years to do okay with a lot of players, a lot of good players, and different people. I mean, I think hopefully that's one of my strengths is is working with people. And uh, and of course, Akeem. You know, I, I had him and and just was elated when we were able to get him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, you just ask them to do what, what 
you, you also explain why you want things done and ask them to do do it right. And, and you know, I've gotten good response from most every player. So I, I, as as far as coaching-wise over the years, I mean, you know, you tell them where they fit in the defense, what you what you want from them, and, um, and, and we've always gotten a good response. You brought up Akeeb. What will be the key to getting the most out of him this season, Wade? Uh, well, I mean, he's a real pro. I mean, like, all three of these guys are real professional players. I mean, they're, they, uh, they're going to bring a lot. It's, it's not me. It's, it's what they bring. So, uh, like I said, with, with the key, he's a, he's a number one corner. I mean, you know, it's like, like I say in basketball, your number one player or point guard or whatever. Um, you know, he's, he's been a number one, uh, corner for a long time. And then, Peters is the same thing, and like I say, you know, I'm Dominican Sue's one of the top defensive linemen in the league, so uh, they they bring a lot. And you can do a lot of things with them. You can put pressure on on them to to cover their guy, to match up with the guy. Uh, you know, keep with big receivers. He's a, he's a big guy, so he, he can handle the the larger receivers that we're seeing these days. And we can put pressure on him, play man to man, or we can. You know, play some zones with him where he can jump routes, and because he's really smart, and uh, uh, it, it gives you just a lot of things you can do with a guy as far as what you can call. It's not what you call, but it's what you can call with those kind of players is is, is really the secret. How do you continue to relate so well to these younger players, Wade? I don't know. I'm just I'm you know I, I'm myself. I guess I don't I don't. You know, I, I, I don't think I've changed a whole lot. I've gotten a lot older, but but I don't think I've changed a whole lot. So uh, because, I, you know, I, I learned from my dad. I mean, you're not a taskmaster. You work with somebody, you know, and somebody you work with. It's not, you know, they're not working for me. They're working with me, and that uh, that's always seemed to help. And like I said, I always explain why we're doing things and what, how important it is and and, you know, I always tell them, hey, if it's important enough to you, you get it done. Now, you mentioned that you've coached a lot of years. This will be your 41st NFL season. That's a long time. Career began it is. In, yeah. ni- in 1976 as the Oilers linebackers coach, the Houston Oilers. They don't even exist anymore technically here. So I wanted to put you through a little exercise, if you don't mind. And I think it's All kind right. of fun. 41 years as an NFL coach. I want Wade Phillips... All-star defensive team that you've coached. Each of the positions <laughs> on the defensive side. Let, let's go through the defensive line, if you don't mind. Best players you coach at each position. We're going to make the all-star defense for you. What do you got, Wade? Oh, wow. Uh, I got too many defensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. That's what I wanted to, I wanted to see what you're going to say. I don't know how yeah. you're going to fit all these guys in. I'm not even going to mention any names. Let's see who yeah. you're putting up there. Yeah, well, you know, I started with the Oilers, and you say the Oilers. I coached the linebackers, and then I also coached the defensive line there. And when, when I coached the defensive line, I had a, I had Elvin Bethay, who was in the Hall of Fame, and Curly Culp was in the Hall of Fame now. And so I thought I was a heck of a coach there for a while because <laughs> <laughs> I could ask them to do anything, and they could do it, you know. And I learned later on in my career that, not everybody was like those guys, but I mean, there's there's two great ones right there that that I started out with, and you know, and then I got to go to Philadelphia with 
with a guy named Reggie White, who during the strike year, uh, we only played 12 games and he had 21 sacks. So Reggie, Reggie would have to be in there somewhere for sure. Okay, um, and and here's the problem with this now. So we got Elvin Bethea, Curly Culp, and Reggie White all in the Hall of Fame, three or four defensive line spots, and we still have left, by my count, Oh, yeah. J.J. Watt, Bruce Smith, yep. Jerome yep. Brown. Yep. yep. Who else? Yep. Am I, and I'm probably yep. more. Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah, they're all. Yeah, Bruce Smith, I, I would say, is one of the, you know, one of the greatest ones I've coached, too. I mean, you know, he and Reggie, I mean, both have, what, 200 sacks, or maybe Bruce is the all-time leader um, in, in sacks. So, he and Reggie probably were the two greatest that I, that I think I've coached uh, that are retired now. <laughs> you know, you throw in you throw in JJ Watts of the world. I mean, uh, he's a tremendous was a tremendous player, and then now Aaron Donald. So I, I've been lucky to be with a lot of great players. I don't know that anybody's ever coached that much defensive talent in the history of football, Wade. Probably not. You know, I mean, uh, seriously. I mean, just because I've been with different teams and had had to be with with those kind of players. So, uh, yeah. If, if nothing else, I'm lucky. <laughs> well, who, what what made Reggie and Bruce stand out? Were there any similarities or differences that really made them emerge? Uh, yeah, Reggie talent? Reggie was the most powerful guy that I've been around. He had such great power. We everybody saw the hump move where he, you know, just almost just threw him out of the way and got to the quarterback. But he could generate so much power at the line of scrimmage, probably better than anybody I've ever been around. And Bruce was so quick and so fast, quick twitch guy that he could beat you inside or outside on the rush uh, with his with his quickness, his speed, and and he could bend around the corner so low for a guy that was you know that big and that tall. He could go around the corner as good as anybody ever. So those two guys were different, but were tremendous at, at what they did, and I don't know that you see anybody these days that, that can compare quite with, with those two. We'll be back in a moment with more of my conversation with Wade Phillips, but first I want to tell you about Peter Millar. Recently, I've been receiving my style tips from the clothing experts at Peter Millar. If you're a golfer like me, you know the name. If you don't, you should, because Peter Millar is all about quality, value, and style. It's the most comfortable clothing I've worn. Right now, I'm wearing their performance shorts. What I love about these Peter Millar shorts is they offer so much comfort and style no matter what I'm doing. They're moisture-wicking, breathable, and quick-drying. Plus, they have a stretch waistband so they move with you. That makes them perfect for playing around a golf, taking care of chores around the house, anything you'll be doing this weekend. And they're easy to take care of. You can throw them into your washer and dryer. You'll never want to wear your old shorts again. The performance shorts I'm wearing are the most comfortable pair of shorts I've worn. I can say that about everything I've worn from Peter Millar. And right now, you can head over to PeterMillar.com slash A-S to check out some of my Peter Millar favorites. Be sure to use my link and you'll receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash A-S. PeterMillar.com slash A-S. How about the Wade Phillips all-pro linebacking crew, the linebackers you coach. And I, I'm going to give you four because there's so much defensive talent. You've played three, four systems, right? So we'll give you four linebackers. Right. Give, give me four linebackers that you coach. And, boy, I got some ideas here, too. Oh, do you? Uh, well, one of them is going in the Hall of Fame this year. 
you know, Robert Brazil. Uh, that was my first, like I said, I coached the linebackers in my first year with the Oilers, and then I got to coach Robert Brazil. Uh, <laughs> I'd never seen a player that could that could play like him, and, and deservedly so. He's going in the Hall of Fame hmm. finally. But he he was a tremendous player, and probably the best effort player I've ever been around. He had he had as much talent as anybody, but he played harder than anybody I've been around. And I always use him as an example. Of, of how you play the game, just full speed all the time. So is that what he did? Uh, full speed all oh, the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah, he was. Uh, I learned from him that you can actually play harder. You know, everybody thinks they play hard, uh, but I learned from him that there's another level that you can go to, and uh, uh, and I've always used him as an example of, of you know how, how you how you do that. So we, we coach effort too, but just because of Robert. Hmm. I'm going to give you some other linebacker options. You tell me who makes the other three spots. All right. We've got mm-hmm. Clyde Simmons, Seth Joyner, Sam Mills, Pat Swilling, Carl Mecklenburg, Cornelius Bennett, Von Miller. Yeah. You left out Ricky Jackson, who's in the hall of fame. too. <laughs> oh, you know? My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Wade, that's ridiculous. In all honesty, yeah, that's... No, I, didn't, I didn't coach. I didn't coach Bills. Mills are swelling. Oh, you didn't coach oh, those. No, okay, no, no. But uh, uh, but the other guys you mentioned, or Mecklenburg was uh, amazing guy because he's the only guy I've ever had that played inside linebacker and pass rusher on third down. <laughs> I mean, uh, that combination is is. No more. There's no. I haven't seen one since him. Since him, uh, but he was a dominant pass rusher on third down from a three point stance at the defensive end. But played. We call him Mike, our Mike linebacker in the in the three four. His versatility was. Uh, I don't know. You know. I don't know if there's a better guy that that did both those things than than him for sure. I, I always felt he was massively underrated and is deserving of a spot in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's a, he was a great player. He, he was really a great player. He was and like tr- I say, you, you just don't find many that or any that they could play inside backer and and play the way he played, and then and then rush the passer too. He was he, he was tremendous. So so we got Robert Brazil, Carl Mecklenburg, and I got two left linebacker spots left for you. What do you got? Yeah, well, Ricky Jackson, I'd have to throw him in there. Yep. He's he's he started as a rookie for us and came in. He came in uh, to New Orleans, and there were actually like five linebackers in that draft, and we wanted an outside backer because we'd had Robert Brazil at Houston. We went to New Orleans, and we needed an outside backer, and there were five linebackers we thought were really good. And we picked Ricky in the second round because the other four guys were already gone. <laughs> and we got Ricky, and we found out he was better than the other guys and everybody else. I mean, he was a tremendous player. So, yeah, he's he's got to go up there. I remember That's watching true. him in college at Pittsburgh, play with Dan Marino, and was dominant there. It was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Hugh Green played with him, too. You know, got a lot of the accolades were which were deservedly so. Uh, Hugh Green was really a good player. But I just thought Ricky, he, he came on and uh, was a, a better player in pro football. He was a great player, obviously. Hmm. And the last linebacker spot, who are you giving it to? Uh, let's see. Who are the other guys you mentioned? You mentioned Von Miller, 
Uh, well, Vaughn Miller, yeah, I mean, Vaughn, <laughs> he's not, you know, he's, there, there's another guy that's, uh, that's not bad either, played for me at uh, at Dallas and uh, Denver, DeMarcus Ware. Oh. <laughs> he's a, he's only got he's only got fifty more sacks than Von Miller right now. Now Von will get there, but but uh, you know the Marcus had twenty and a half sacks at Dallas when I went, when I first went there and we moved into world linebacker in our defense. So wow, um, I mean he'd have to be in there. Von has to be in there. I mean I, you just go Cornelius Bennett. How about him? Started, yeah, he was biscuit. Yeah, biscuit was. Uh, was really good. I mean, he he uh, he played outside backer at first, and we moved him inside, uh, and he was hard to believe how good he was. And there's another guy that uh, had 16 sacks or six, 16 or 17, I forget for sure, in 12 games in San Diego. So we we had a I've, I've had some pretty good ones, but but Sean Merriman was at the time I had him was was a dominant dominant player. Just as much as some of those other guys. Hmm. Unbelievable. And then in the secondary, if we're going to pick four defensive backs who have played for you, and I know you've got an all-star team this year coming up, but give me four defensive backs. And again, I've got some ideas here, but I want to see what you say for the four best defensive backs that have played for Wade Phillips during his 41 years of coaching. Okay. Uh, DBs, let's see. Well, I mean, just lately, I had to leave in Harris, who were two of the best in the league right now, and still the best in the league. So, uh, Chris Harris is a tremendous player, and Akeev, obviously, is, is a tremendous player. So, those two lately, um, at cornerback, uh, oh, let's see. Give me some names. I, I, well, see, I can make it easy for you now. Once you give me that, I mean, we, we can go right to, the Denver Broncos and go Steve Atwater and Dennis Smith. I mean, that's easy. Oh yeah, well, yeah, those are easy. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a layup. And yeah, uh, but again, I'm drawing a blank here on whether there was anybody from Houston from '76 to '80 or New Orleans from '81 to '85 or the Eagles. Yeah, from we had some. We had some real good players. I don't know that we had any all-star players. I'm trying to think in Philadelphia, it seemed like we had. So, so basically, we've got an old Broncos backfield their way too. <laughs> yeah, well, the first time and the second time out of there. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're as strong as the players as ever been around. Now. You know, uh, and, and and I know everyone knows how great Steve Atwater was, but I mm-hmm. will say this to this day: that Dennis Smith was. Oh, he was the, he was the most most physical guy. Oh, he was the most physical safety ever I've ever been around. That's for sure. He was incredible to watch. And was there, I'm trying to think, how about Terrence Newman in Dallas, who's played forever? Oh, yeah. Yeah, T. Newman was really good. Right. Really good player. I mean, and and I mean this when I say this sincerely, when you stop and think about it, there may never be a coach in the NFL who has coached the defensive collection of talent that you have. What does that mean to you? Well, it means I'm lucky as heck because uh, I've been able to stay in the business as long and be around such, you know, so many good players. And all these guys we've talked about are really great guys. I mean, they were great, great guys to coach. Uh, they're, they're great people. They're hard workers. You know, they all had similar things. They had great ability, but they utilized it. You know, not everybody does that, but they did. 
Can you be a great player in this league, Wade, and not be a great person? I think it's hard to do. I mean, I, I think it's harder to do nowadays. It's just because you – I think, they, you know, the, the work ethic is a lot better than it used to be. Uh, you know, and way back, we didn't even have an off-season program. So, you know, nowadays they're working hard in the off-season. They go through the summer uh, getting ready for training camp and – you know, we had longer training camps because the guys weren't in as good a shape because some of them had to work in all season at another job. So nowadays they're, they're real professionals nowadays, I think. Hmm. Is there any chance that a player like Marcus Peters could crack through and supplant either Chris Harris or Aqib Tlaib on the all-time Wade Phillips defensive team? <laughs> yeah, I'd probably left some guys out in the secondary. I mean, I, I'm sure we did. Like, T.J. Ward was another one that Denver is a pretty good player now. I mean, TJ was a really, really good player for us and helped us win that Super Bowl. I, I think Marcus, yeah, Marcus, from what I've seen so far, I mean, you know, he's he's uh, what he's had five more interceptions than, than anybody in the league in the last three years. So I mean, he's he's an exceptional talent, and I think he'll do really well here. What would it mean to you also to win another Super Bowl before the end of your NFL career? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the ultimate. I've been lucky to be with a lot of winning teams, you know, and, and had some opportunities before. And, and of course, we finally did it at Denver, which, uh, you know, the credit goes to certainly those guys and, and Gary Kubiak. But, uh, yeah, it'd be neat. It'd be neat to, you know, once you experience it, you don't realize that you can say, hey, we're the best in the world. We're the best. We're the best team. Oh, yeah, we won a lot of games, or, yeah, we're doing well, or those kind of things. But just to finish it off and say, hey, we're the best, that, that's that's a great feeling. And you've also been around a lot of coaches in your life, and you've seen a lot over the 41 years. Where would you say Sean McVay fits into that category, and how good does he have a chance to grow to become? You know, I was with Marv Levy, who's in the Hall of Fame, Dan Reeves and Marty Schottenheimer, who won 200 games. Uh, Buddy Ryan, who's the defensive guru, basically. And, I, you know, my dad, I thought was <laughs> – I mean, I learned so much from him football-wise. But he, I, I thought he was a great coach, but especially being able to work with players. So, you know, Sean's right up there with all these guys uh, that I was able to work with and work for. I mean, he's a really smart guy, but – He's got a lot of common sense too, and he and he really works with people well. I mean, he ha- he has that. You know, I've I've been around the guys that are real smart, but they you know they don't have a lot of common sense sometimes. But he's he's to me he's got the whole package. He he relates really well with people. He re- relates really well with players. There's a clear message of what he wants done and how he wants it done and why he wants it done. That um, all those other coaches I talked about they had and i think he's got the same thing i've been in the business 28 years not your 41 wade but i would say this oh. that he's one of the most impressive coaches i've ever come across oh yeah he, he definitely is i mean he's uh he presents himself to the team the same way you see him and that uh, and like i say he's got a clear message all the time and that's uh that's not easy to do in this league that's why he's a a lot better head coach than I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were a good head coach, and you've, you've been a great coach for a long time. You've taken, what is it, 10 teams to the playoffs in their first year that you've been with them? 
There has to be a trend yeah. there, right? Like you, you get to yeah, these teams, well, they go to the yeah, playoffs. You get lucky. <laughs> You've gotten lucky for 41 years, and, and I'm lucky to yeah. have known you for 25 of them, and I well, thank you for that. I'm lucky to know you, known you because you got all the top stories coming out, man. You're the guy that you're the guy that knows the inside, man. That's what that's uh, that's where I get them all my info. <laughs> well, we know this. It's not check, coming from you. Out on Twitter, man. it's not coming from you, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, evidently it wasn't. I don't know why it wasn't. <laughs> I'm grateful to you, Wade. I really appreciate taking some time. I appreciate your friendships through the years. And same here, man. Yeah, it's been fun and continued yeah, success to you this season. Yeah. So everybody knows that I call you Cubby because you were. Our cub reporter when I first met you 25 years ago. You come a long way, too. You're the best. I appreciate you saying that way. You mean a lot to me. Thank you very much, man. All right, Adam. Nice talking to you. You too. Thanks again to Wade Phillips for that conversation. We'll be back in a moment with one of Wade's former players, Vikings cornerback Terrence Newman. But first, I want to tell you about Indochino. We all know that every man looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. Indochino is the world's most exciting made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Guys love the wide selection of high-quality fabrics and colors to choose from and the option to personalize the details, including your lapel, lining, pockets, buttons, and writing your own monogram. Here's how it works. Visit a stylist at their showroom and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. Then you can choose your fabric, both inside and out, choose your design, customizations, submit your measurements with your choices, and simply relax while your suit gets professionally tailored and mailed to you in a couple of weeks. This week, my listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $359 at Indochino.com when entering Schefter. At checkout, that's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping's free. That's Indochino.com, promo code Schefter, for any premium suit for just $359 and free shipping. It's an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Don't miss out. Terrence. What's going on? Thank you for taking some time. I really do appreciate it. Uh, no problem. I got a little time before I get on this flight to go home. I got to ask you, you're 39 years old. You will be 40 years old this season. How does one get to play defensive back in the NFL for 15, going on 16 seasons, at age 39, going on 40, and play at the level you have? What's the secret? I guess prayer, taking care of the body, and uh, the mental aspect. I mean, you can't obviously do it without the physical, but I think once the physical diminishes, uh, you know, you can rely a little bit on the mental side of it and understanding what your opponents are doing, and that obviously helps. How much longer do you want to or can you keep doing this, Terrence? I mean, how long can I? I don't know. Probably a couple more years, but I think this might be my last year to to do it and give it a try. So, um, you know, at some point we all have to to find another avenue. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to try to, you know, do something that, you know, guys haven't been able to do. So I want to be able to leave on my own terms and, you know, kind of give it this one last shot and say, hey, if it doesn't happen, then I gave it my all and I can feel good about that. What is still left for you to accomplish in what could be your last season? Well, I mean... The only thing I haven't done is win a Super Bowl, I guess. So, 
that's the biggest hurdle that, you know, I've never accomplished. So I think there's, you know, quite a few, you know, obviously quarterbacks are the more notable players and, you know, quite a few of them that are, you know, big names that never won a Super Bowl. And why do you think this might be your last year, Terrence? What has gone into that decision? You know, 16 years, you know, and I mean, I'm going on 40, so you said it yourself. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty old. You didn't say that out loud, but it's the truth. So, you know, I got to find something else to do with my life and, uh, you know, just start the, the second, you know, second half of it. So I just think that, you know, after this year, it would be probably the right time to do it. And what is there left for you to do in the second half of your life when you find something else to do? What do you imagine that to be like right now? You know what? I haven't even thought of it because <laughs> I feel like if if I were to, you know, get that far ahead of this, then I probably wouldn't be able to give everything that I have this year, you know, because I'm thinking about everything else that I'm going to do in the future. So, you know, after this year, I'll probably take a little time off and then kind of reassess where my life is at and, you know, what, what I'm passionate about and what I think that, you know, I can do for the next 30 years and, and something that I obviously I'm going to have to love doing. So let's fast forward a bit. You know your own interests. What what do you think you f- could feel passionate about? Honestly, I literally have not given it any thought <laughs> whatsoever. I'm not even lying to you. Look, wow. But you also have to understand, like I said, I'm going to take a year off, most likely. So yeah. that's to be able to do the things that uh, I haven't been able to do, you know, in the last 20 years, going back to college. Uh, you know, I haven't watched small my mater play very many games in, mm. in person. Um you know, watch cousins and nephews and nieces play sports and stuff like that. So it it, it would be good to be able to actually have that opportunity to do some of those things. And, um, you know, I haven't been able to do any of that for quite some time. So that would be definitely on my agenda. Is there a toll on your family when you play as long as you have at the level you have, 16 years devoted to the sport at the NFL level, forget about the college and high school level? Well, yeah, I've been kind of, a loner, so, you know, I don't have a wife or kids, so, um, not really much of a toll in that aspect, so, um, I, I would think that, you know, it might take a toll on definitely guys that have wife and kids and whatnot, especially if you have to go to a team where you're not regionally located. Um, so I've been, I've been, you know, fortunate in that aspect for sure. If you don't mind, I'm, I'm just curious, the fact that you're still single has, football impacted your personal life like that? Like, is that one of the reasons that you're still single because of the commitment that football takes? I think it's part of it. You know, I said a while ago um, that I would like to be, you know, a hands-on dad when I have kids and be able to see my kids' first steps and hear their first words and, you know, not put such a burden on, on my wife, you know, to raise this kid because I have to go work. So, uh, I, I think that could be a very stressful environment. Um, a lot of people do it, and, you know, they make it work, and, and it works for them. But me personally, I would just like to be able to, you know, be there and help my, my wife out and, you know, just be able to see my kid grow and, and do things like that. I think it's a great way to approach it. I remember one time speaking to the publisher of a newspaper that I was working for. had to be 20 years ago, and he was telling me that he always advised his children do not get married before you're 30. Establish yourself in your respective profession before you even think about marrying. And when you talk about doing what you have or really a job that takes so much commitment and so much time, that is a great way of doing it is devoting yourself to your craft 
before you can devote yourself to anybody. Has that been a part of your thinking as well, Terrence? Yeah, I mean, I think I could still, you know, devote my time to this craft and, and still be, you know, successful. But it, it was more of, you know, the, the family side. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's crazy statistics that are out there, you know, about guys that get done playing and, you know, they divorce and things of that nature. But mine was strictly because I wanted to be able to, you know, be there with my family and my kids and watching them grow up. So I, I think that obviously when you when you play this game, you know, your wife knows and your kids, depending on their age, they understand as well. So I think that's that's more simple. But it's just me personally. That's a personal preference, I think. Yeah. So as you look back at the 15 and soon to be 16 NFL seasons, what are you most proud of? You know what? Um, our team last year. I think that, you know, the year before, um, we didn't, you know, play very well. And then last year, Bradford got hurt and, you know, played pretty well um, with Case Keenum. And he uh, he had a great season. I mean, the team in general had a great season. And for me, that was as far as I've ever been. So hmm. I think that's probably what I'm most proud of is to be a part of that and you know, feel like I had an impact on this team just like everybody else did. What was it like to get to the NFC Championship game for you, being that you never had been that far in the postseason? You know, it was it was awesome. You know, and then you get kind of excited because, you know, there's you know there's an opportunity that you can actually play in a Super Bowl. And for it to have been here, I mean, you can imagine the buzz that there was around the city. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was super electric, and you know, to have an opportunity to do that and um, you know, to be here with these fans and, you know, listening to how excited they were as well. Um, that was pretty amazing. You talk about last season, and everybody, of course, remembers the mini miracle. And from a fan standpoint, it was an incredible thing to watch. What was it like being on the sideline in the stadium, being involved in the game that day for you? It was absolutely crazy. Um, you know, coming down to those those last couple seconds, you know, we're just hoping to, uh, as the guys on the sideline, just hoping to, you know, have a chance to get the ball on the sideline and maybe have a have a last-second field goal. And for it to play out the way it did, I mean, I can just remember, you know, vividly seeing, you know, replaying images in my head of everybody literally going crazy. And I can imagine that there was quite a few people that left that game and didn't even see the way it finished. So, um, man, it was just, one of those bills that I, I mean, it's hard to put in words. I mean, I was, I don't know if I've ever been more excited in my life. In your life? In, in the football arena. Yeah. For sure. And what, what are the images that you remember from that day? You talk about those images in your mind. Well, I mean, I just remember seeing digs run down the sideline, you know, and guys, we just started chasing them down there and, you know, kind of ran into the tunnel, tackling them and everybody's just high five and, literally just not knowing what what happened did this really happen and uh the stadium i mean the fans just going crazy in there so that's that's something i'll never forget you know i remember watching that play terrence and and i had said this to other people but you watch it and you think wow he's gonna catch that pass and then he's like wow he's gonna get the yardage he needs for the field goal wow he's gonna get more than that wow he's gonna score wow they won like it was one thing after another that you couldn't comprehend that took a little bit of time to process until it all came together all at once and you'd won the game and advanced to the NFC Championship game. 
it, it literally took me a second, you know, to realize what just happened. And then once I did, that's when, you know, everything else takes over and you just want to go down there and celebrate with your teammates and, and just kind of like, you know, have fun with it because it's something that I don't know. You, you don't see plays like that very often throughout the course of the season, let alone uh, the magnitude of a game like that. So that was definitely special. You talk about last season in Minnesota and the three overall in Minnesota before this one. You had three seasons in Cincinnati. What stood out about those? Um, obviously, making it to the playoffs, but you know we were we always fell short in that aspect. So, um, great team, and, and for some reason it just never panned out. Of course, you wish you would have at least you know been able to win one, but uh, it just didn't happen. You've been involved in some tough playoff losses, you think about it. You think about the Bengals losses, the NFC Championship game playoff loss, the Tony Romo playoff loss in Seattle where he struggled to hold on to that snap. Is there any one of those losses? One is not more than another. I'll tell you that right now. They all they all stink. They all stink, they huh? All, they all hurt just as much as the, the next one. I'll tell you that for sure. One doesn't stay with you more than the others, huh? No. I think probably last year's is probably definitely uh, supersede the others because of where we were and what we had at stake. I'll tell you what, though. What, what's, what's tough now, though, is because last year is over and done with. Mm-hmm. We have to try to recreate that. You know, We're not given anything, and every year you've got to go out and, and work for it. So you know, We're talking about last year, but at the same time, it's over. There's nothing we can do for about last year, and there's nothing that's going to help us last year that's moving forward. So we we have to you know during these OTAs we put in a lot of work trying to just progress and you know get better day in and day out and once training camp comes that's our that's our goal last year is done with and over there's nothing we can do about that. So you talk about this year and obviously one of the biggest and most significant changes for the year is the quarterback Kirk Cousins. What have you seen out of him during the early parts of OTAs? I mean just what I saw of him uh, when we played against him. You know he's a very cerebral quarterback. Uh, He's a fiery guy. He's got some. He's got some moxie to him, and you know he loves the game of football. So he's a great teammate, and you know looking forward to to seeing what he does once the regular season gets here. I know you're going ahead. I'm going to pull you back one more time, just because it was the one organization that you spent the most amount of time with that I didn't ask you about. But what would stand out to you about the nine seasons you did spend in Dallas? Um, we had a season. I think we won 13 games there as well, and. Uh, had a first round by, which was the year the Giants won the Super Bowl, I believe, in Arizona with the helmet catch, uh, David Tyree's helmet catch. Um, that was a memorable season because I think that was the first time I'd ever been to the second round of the playoffs. And, you know, the first time for sure that I ever had a first round by. And we had a, a lot of great players, um, you know, being that we didn't make it to the to the big dance. Uh, a lot of guys ended up going to Hawaii and playing in the Pro Bowl, so it was pretty cool to have that that many uh, players there to do that. What would it mean to you this year if this Vikings team finally could break through and get to the Super Bowl for you personally? I mean, it would be awesome. That would be uh, the highlight of my career for sure. And, you know, going out, I could do it, you know, undoubtedly and never look back on it. It's, it's obviously the the goal that everybody wants to reach. I mean, you only need one, and then you're pretty much etched in stone 
in the the football world um, as a Super Bowl champion. That would never be taken. So that would uh, that would definitely be awesome. But um, we still have to play games and we have to play well. So getting there is, is definitely going to be a tough journey for us. We've got to get a lot better as a team, and uh, you know, hopefully everybody can stay healthy and, and definitely have a chance to do that. But th- is this team good enough to be able to do that? Everybody's good enough at this point in the season, uh, and that's that's talking about all 32 teams. So the, there's a lot of variables that you don't understand. I mean, injuries happen. Uh, you got to go through training camp and playing games there, and you still got to build chemistry and camaraderie. So I think there's a there's a lot of unknowns um, talent wise. I mean. You tell me a team in the league that's that's not able talent-wise, and uh, I'll tell you that, all right, well, maybe they don't have a chance, but everybody else is in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Terrence, before I let you go, we have Wade Phillips on the podcast you're going to be on. And Wade Phillips talked about you being one of the greatest defensive players he's ever coached, and he's coached Reggie White, J.J. Watt, Elvin Bethay, Curly Cup, Carl Mecklenburg, Ricky Jackson, Hall of Famers, Pro Bowl players, all pro selections. What was your relationship like with Wade, and what did he mean to you? Man, I loved Wade. I have the utmost respect for Wade Phillips. And he he put a belief in guys that you could go out there and, and like pretty much be like Superman. I mean, he gave us the feeling that, hey, if he asked us to do this, we can go out and do it. And he was, he was an instrumental part of that uh, couple playoff things we had in Dallas and obviously you've seen what he's done he's got a Super Bowl in Denver uh, and he's in he's with the Rams now and uh, I think they're going to have a good team obviously he, he understands the game of football is, is the best of them I mean going back to his top bum fresh his soul I mean it's a that's a football family and he really understands the game and he gets it to his players and players believe in what he's doing and he believes in his players, so that definitely helps. You know, I said to him, Terrence, that there may not be a coach in NFL history who has ever coached more defensive talent than Wade Phillips, ever. I mean, he's, he's definitely up there. Um, I, I, I think there's the Ryan brothers, obviously, because of that family. There's family history. Um, I think uh, Coach Zimmer, for sure. I mean, that, that's three that I can name of. Uh, but I mean, I don't know, you know, history of you know all the coaches and the players that they coach. But those would be three that you know that I've worked under uh, that I could say I'd bet that they've had some great talent in their their careers. Hey, Terrence, congratulations on 15 great years. Good luck on one final year if this does indeed turn out to be the last year. And thank you very much for taking the time today to join us. It was an honor. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on, and hopefully uh, the next time we talk. It's uh, under great circumstances for us <laughs> and my team. Wait, well, hold on. Hold on. Do we have a date if you make it to the Super Bowl? Do we have a date? A oh, po- we we'll a, definitely a, have a date. A podcast 100%. re-engagement. 100%. And, uh, I mean, no holds barred. You gave me easy questions today. <laughs> I, want you to open up, I want you to open up the floodgate. Give me the, the tough stuff. What would be the toughest one I would ask you? You tell me right I now. I don't know. I don't know. I, I came on and I didn't know. <laughs> you know, I, I thought you were going to ask me some some tough questions, but these were all super easy. I thought you might just touch on this, touch on that, you know, different things going on in the league, uh, you know, the 
national anthem deals. <laughs> I just thought you might you might open up the floodgates and talk about stuff. So no, Terrence, these this, were easy. This, this is supposed to be light and breezy for people to listen to on their train ride to work, on their commute to work. We 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 don't want to do any heavy lifting. We're, we're not interested in drumming up the national anthem controversy that people are so worked up over. This is this is supposed to be fun. A look back at your career. And some of the advice you give to these young players out there about how they could go play and have extended careers, that, that's what it's supposed to be about. Okay. Well, I'm just giving you free reign that next time you talk, you can talk about any and everything. You got it. I'm open to it. I'm you, open to it. You got it. And, and if you reach the Super Bowl, we are on, my friend. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. And, and, and likewise. <laughs> wait, wait. But you're buying the line, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm buying the line. You got no worries I, there. I, I, I'll choose it and you buy it. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, Terrence, thanks very much. I appreciate it. And lots of luck All this right, season. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. One more reason to pull for you this year. Appreciate it, brother. And so a special thanks to my old friend from my Denver days, the Rams defensive coordinator, Wade Phillips, and Vikings cornerback Terrence Newman, who we think has a realistic chance to join us again for another Adam Schefter podcast come this January or February. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back again next week with another edition of the Adam Schefter Podcast.